0: Welcome to A Waldorf Journey, a podcast for teachers, parents, students, and people who are passionate about Waldorf education. I'm Meredith, and I'm glad you're here. You can find show notes for this episode along with a lot more useful content on my website, awaldorfjourney.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter to receive updates about new content on the blog and the podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as a Waldorf Journey. As we enter into the holiday season, I thought it would be a good chance to talk about Waldorf and festivals. I know that the festivals were one of the first things that drew me to Waldorf when I discovered it, and though they are lovely, my thoughts about them have changed through the years. I'm happy to share some of those thoughts in this episode. So let's get started. This episode is being brought to you by my Waldorf gift guides. The holidays are approaching, and if your family is anything like mine, the grandparents are asking what they can give the the kids for the holidays. How can we give them some direction and request gifts that align with our Waldorf-inspired values while still remembering and modeling gratitude? To help with this, I have put together a couple of different Waldorf gift guides, which you can access for free, not even an email address is required, by hitting the link in the show notes. To see my Waldorf art gift guide, which gives indications for art supplies that will be useful throughout the grades, just head to awaldorfjourney.com slash artsupplies and to find a list of my recommended books, head to awaldorfjourney.com slash gift Both guides are right there on the website. Easy for you to access with links that you can just send right over to the grandparents. The Amazon links that are on these pages are affiliate links, which means I get a small commission at no cost to you. It's a great way to support the work that's happening here on the blog and the podcast. And if you're grateful for these resources, you can hit the link to send me a cup of coffee right there on the page or just go to awaldorfjourney.com slash coffee. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. So if you are like me, The lovely Waldorf festivals were one of the things that made you sort of sit up and take notice when you were first discovering Waldorf education. I have a couple of memories of my first interactions with Waldorf education, and both of them have to do with the the festivals. The very first interaction I had was with Michaelmas, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But then I remember when I was first considering doing the Waldorf teacher training, I went to go visit the school that hosted the training and the kindergarten teachers were preparing for their spring uh, festival. I, I think they celebrated Easter in the classroom and, um, and they had this beautiful basket that was full of, um, of eggs that they had blown out, that they had carefully blown. So all these delicate, fragile um, eggs just piled up in this basket, just ready for the students to come and paint or decorate the next day. And I just remember thinking about all of the effort that went into blowing out every single one of those little eggs. And the basket, there were many dozens and dozens of eggs in those baskets. So, um, so anyway, I just have so many memories of the festivals and I'm sure many of you do as well. And, um, And it's understandable because the kind of reverence and respect for, uh, f- that we see in the festivals just really isn't something that we experience in our day-to-day lives. And it's something that many of us are craving as maybe we have come away from more formalized traditional religion or um, or other ways of really acknowledging uh, reverence in, in the world. Um, we really are looking for something like that. So for those of us who are in that situation, the Waldorf festivals just feel feel really good. And um, yeah, I remember feeling like I was finally experiencing reverence and ceremony in a way that made sense to me, that was not a part of a formalized religion that, that didn't resonate in some ways. So my response, though, to these festivals was purely unconscious. I just knew that it felt good to be there and that those... Um, that what was what I was experiencing in the festivals, yeah, it just felt good i didn't really think why i didn't really come to an understanding of what it was about the festival that inspired that response. Um, it was just completely unconscious, and so over the years i've i've worked i've tried to gain a more conscious and intentional understanding of of the festivals themselves and why they feel good and I've also started questioning some of the festivals that are typically celebrated at Waldorf schools and that and so those two things hand in hand um Having an understanding of of why the festivals feel right and what is the purpose behind them, having that be a very conscious understanding can then allow us to explore the reason, explore some of the festivals maybe that we're uncertain about or that or to explore other festivals that we might celebrate or new ways of honoring uh, old festivals that we have celebrated for years. So, You know, as with everything in Waldorf education, parenting, teaching, all of it, it's really about awareness and consciousness. And we want to do these things with a full understanding of what what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so that's what I've tried to build up over the past few years, um, you know, outside of that, just initial response. So, um, so I wanted to talk. You know, I will mention some specific festivals in this episode, but my goal here is not really to give kind of a rundown picture of this festival, why we do it, what it's about, and um, and that kind of thing. Instead, it's really to have like an overarching view of the festivals and why why they feel right and um and and sort of what the what the purpose is behind these festivals. So I want to f- talk about why we fi- why we find them nourishing and how we can continue to find value in them even after we start to question their function and purpose and maybe even history at our school or at our in our own way of honoring them. So um so the first one the and and within each topic I you know I'll definitely talk about some specific festivals um, so the the first sort of purpose that comes to mind that I experience when celebrating the festivals is this idea of community gathering and that often it is the festivals that give us a chance to come together as a group and I feel this no in i feel this best in our michaelmas uh festival so um at our school, and well, so Michaelmas, the day of Michaelmas is September 29th. And at our school and at other schools that I've been connected with, um, it's celebrated kind of like a harvest festival. And, um, you know, it it always comes, you know, it's in September, so it's fairly soon after we've returned uh, to school. And that we are often, you know, really just Looking forward to gathering as a community, and so it it feels very it feels really good to come together as a community um, at some schools the Michaelmas festival is held in the evening or maybe on the weekend, and so a lot of alumni can come and, you know, they'll maybe watch the, the Michaelmas pageant, the schools I've been a part of all have a play of some sort that the students participate in. And, um, but they, you know, the alumni get to come and see their teachers and, you know, reconnect with their school. And so it has this feeling of like homecoming and, um, you know, and it, it it just feels really good to connect. So, um, Michaelmas, as I mentioned, was the very first, um, a Michaelmas festival was my very first exposure to a Waldorf school. So I, um had a neighbor who was interested in Waldorf education and she, you know, loaned me her books. And when the Michaelmas festival was happening, um, my son was, my oldest son was just two at the time. And she invited us to go to the Michaelmas festival. And so, so we went to it and it, I just remember being struck by, it was all held outdoors. It was, this campus was kind of like a, Um, it had a farm feeling about it. And so that harvest festival feeling was really uh, strong and felt really good. And I just remember the sense of community and seeing people just connect with each other and talk to each other. And of course, there were, you know, booths of people selling things. And, you know, all the people were connecting over uh, what was what was happening and music being played and dance and all of these different things. And and I just remember feeling like this was a community that I wanted to be a part of, and I could see i could I could envision my place in that community and so um so that is uh so to me that's really the the purpose of of Michaelmas and so it points to the fact that you know this is one of the one of the benefits of, of celebrating the festivals is, is gathering together as a community. And so when you're considering how, what festivals to honor or how to, how to honor them, um, bearing community in mind is, is you know, a really good thing, <laughs> that it, it will help you achieve that feeling that you first felt when you experienced the festivals. So the next sort of function, as I see it, of the festivals is that the festivals can sort of mark these turning points in the year, and um, you know, one festival that comes to mind that shows this really well is the lantern walk for Martinmas. And different schools honor this differently, and um, and I think some don't don't do a lantern walk or don't celebrate Martinmas. At all, but what um, what our school does is that we come together, and we've held it at different places in throughout the years. But you know, all of the students work with their teachers to make a lantern of some sort, and then we practice these lantern songs that we know, and um, and then we meet up in the park or wherever it is, and then we go we go on a lantern walk through the dark, um, just lit by our lanterns, and these. Um, you know, it it really does an excellent job of marking this turning point in the year. That here we are all together in the darkness, and we have to use our light to um, to find our way, and um, and it it just is it it's a very meaningful um, celebration. And um, but one of the things that that Martinmas uh, brings brings up for me is this idea that many of the festivals that are traditionally celebrated in a Waldorf school come from a Western European tradition. And many of us are starting to question their relevance in today's world. And so if we can remember that the purpose of Martinmas, for example, is to honor this turning point in the in the year, and to sort of just mark this point in the year. Then we can find other uh, festivals that might give us the same experience that might also be a way to mark a turning point in the year so um and and I want to emphasize that I feel like this questioning of of festivals and you know where they come from why we do them is a really healthy thing in this world and it's useful if we're if we're doing that Uh, In an effort to remember the function of the festivals as as we explore our reasons for doing them, then and, and if we know that one function of the festival is to create marking points throughout the year, then we can recognize there are plenty of other festivals and celebrations that can serve the same purpose so um, and and we can discontinue festivals maybe that no longer feel like they hold meaning for us, and we can replace them with festivals that do that seem more meaningful, that resonate a little bit more with the purpose of the festival as as we envision it so at my school, it has been it's become somewhat of a of a function of the uh, the festival committee that is sort of organizing how it will be celebrated, to just ask these questions and to look at how will the festival be celebrated and does it still resonate with um, with what what we intend and that the festival committee then. Brings to our faculty meeting um, an experience of the festival uh, for the faculty to connect with in advance of bringing it to the students, which I think is a really healthy thing. I I think it's it's really healthy that we are asking those questions and then. Um, and then bringing those questions to the full faculty. So, for example, uh, at my school, we recently made the decision to stop celebrating, stop observing two of the festivals on our calendar, um, Santa Lucia and uh, St. Nicholas. And, um, you know, what we found, we had, you know, lots of discussion about it and why, you know, just questioning why, what what purpose these festivals served, and could we, um, could we celebrate something else that would accomplish the same purpose and, uh, and because we, we found that there were some aspects of these festivals that were problematic in the way that we were working with them. So uh, we found that Santa Lucia was not really a festival that had a lot of meaning to the students. We needed to, of course, you know, explain to them and tell them the story of Santa Lucia, which is a sort of a problematic story. And, um, and then the traditions that had arisen at our school around the celebration were things that we just just weren't sure that we wanted to continue so we had um every student received a santa lucia uh, bun on that day and we just it it was getting increasingly complicated to meet all of the dietary needs and so we just really were asking ourselves if that was something that we needed to continue doing um and then you know it the Santa Lucia was celebrated. I know at some schools it is the second grade class that goes around distributing um the buns and singing the Santa Lucia songs. Um, but at our school, it was the eighth grade that did this. It was kind of this um you know crowning achievement i guess and um and we just had some problems with with how how that was being done and um just some uncertainties about about the relevance of doing it in that way. so, so we decided to stop celebrating Santa Lucia. And then um, we had a similar discussion about St. Nicholas. and we found that in the early childhood, some students were confused because Saint. Nicholas is so similar to Santa Claus and they didn't understand. and, and so it, so it was it was confusing. and so some students, uh, you know, were confused. they thought Santa was coming early, and other students then um felt like that was a holiday that their family didn't celebrate so um so we just felt like it was problematic from that uh, that perspective now, of course, this is not to say that any school or any family that is choosing to continue celebrating either Santa Lucia or St Nicholas is in the wrong. I'm, you know, it really is about investigating and looking at your own community and what the fest, how what meaning the festivals have for your community. So um, yeah, intention and understanding and awareness, not just sort of doing what somebody else is doing. So um, so instead, we decided to look at other traditions that might help us bring about a the similar. Uh, spirit of marking this turning point in the year, and so um, so recently, my school has taken on two new festivals. One of them, we just this year, is our second year of celebrating Diwali, which is something that has been. Um, Celebrated at our school by the fifth grade because they study um, ancient India, but we are really glad to be expanding that uh, celebration to be school wide, um, and uh, many of the the Indian families who attend our school are uh, participating in creating this celebration uh, along with us so um, so that's one that has really taken on a new vibrant life at our school and then the other one is that our Spanish teacher who has honored Day of the Dead for many many years has um, sort of expanded that that uh, honoring and has is bringing it to more Students throughout the grades, and it's taking more of a place of prominence in in the school life. So, um, so again, it's like this healthy uh, in questioning and considering and thinking about, and then deciding and making, um, just yeah, just making decisions about what works for your school with intention and um, and thoughtfulness. So. Um, And then finally, the festivals, uh, as I see them, really serve a purpose by helping us to connect with something larger than ourselves. And this is sort of that, um, that spirit of you know that religious aspect of the of the that the festivals can have that reverence that that we miss in our day-to-day lives and the festivals can really bring that to us in such a beautiful and and healthy way that can honor every single person who is attending in a way that maybe organized religion uh struggles to do. So um, I feel this aspect of the festivals so strongly when my students walk the winter spiral every year. So this is, you know, some some schools call it the Advent Spiral. I've heard it called Advent Garden. I've heard so many different, um, you know, combinations of words to, um, to describe what this is called. Um, but we celebrate it on the Monday, the first school day after um, the first Sunday of Advent, and we don't use the term Advent because uh, we. I. I don't know. My thought about using that term is that it. Um, it can exclude people who uh who don't resonate with it and so i um so we call it winter spiral and uh the students we hold it during the school day and we darken our main hall and uh and a teacher plays a harp and each student walks the spiral lights their candle it's you know with an apple an apple with a candle in it and um They walk the spiral, light their candle in the center, and walk back out and put their candle down somewhere along the path. And I have been at different schools that have celebrated this in different ways. Um, Some schools celebrate it in the evening. Um, Others, like our school, do it during the school day. And um, though it can be difficult to hold a spirit of reverence, Um, as students watch their friends walk the spiral, um, I have increasingly found over the years of my teaching that they can, and that they can connect with the reverence of this festival in a really meaningful way. And that if we don't, if we, if we don't sell them short, if we if we really expect it and know that they can, and we give them an image to hold on to, then they can connect with the festival and really hold that spirit of reverence. So, um, I it, it be, for this reason, it is one of my favorite festivals, and um, yeah, and I think it gives our students, uh, an experience, a memorable experience that is not like anything they would get anywhere else. So, um, anyway, so that, that's, and that's how we celebrate it. So, so that's really the, what I wanted to bring in this episode is this idea that the festivals are, you know, in my, to my view, they, they serve three purposes. One is community building and helping people come together as a community. Two is just marking these turning points in the year. And three is connecting with something higher, with some, you know, with that reverence. And, um, you know, as, lo- as long as we give consciousness to what the festivals are bringing for us, then we that allows us to re-envision them and to um, to fill them with even more meaning, perhaps. So, I encourage you to really, you know, as we're heading into this se- this holiday season to think about those traditions as they exist, either for your school or for your class or for your family, and and think about them with consciousness and awareness and intention. And, you know, what do the festivals mean to you? What kinds of festivals do you celebrate with your family or with your school? And what is the purpose that they serve? And if you know what that purpose is, then how can you then accentuate it and bring that purpose to life in a even stronger way. So I would love to hear your answers to these questions. I would love to hear about festivals that you celebrate and, um, the form that they take and what that looks like, especially in this year. Um, as I'm recording, we are on uh, lockdown from COVID, uh, because of COVID. So, um, we, uh, our, our festivals are looking very, very different this year, but as long as we can hold on to that, these reasons why, then we can re-envision them and we can still sort of get, uh, some version of the purpose of the, of the festivals. So please, I'd love to hear from you. You can leave your comments in the blog post that goes along with this episode, which is, uh, found at com slash 59. So thank you so much for listening. I hope it has been helpful to really think about how the festivals can have a presence in your life. If you have gotten anything out of this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email at meredith at awaldorfjourney.com. That's Meredith, M-E-R-E-D-I-T-H at awaldorfjourney.com. Or get involved in the conversation by heading over to the blog post that goes along with this episode at awaldorfjourney.com com/slash fifty nine and leave a comment. Uh, you can also send me a virtual cup of coffee by heading over to a slash coffee. And the next time I record a podcast while sipping on my latte, I will think of you. And if you're not already a member, consider joining the Facebook group A Waldorf Journey Do- A Waldorf Journey Resource Room. An easy way to get there is to hit a slash Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope that you have a wonderful festival season and uh, I will talk to you soon.